where we talk about things with one super special guest every week. Just sit back, relax, and hear us speak on This Is Happening, the podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to This Is Happening. This is Nathan Streifel. And Eric Morris. Today, we are joined by the prolific, very busy and in-demand music supervisor, Stephen Gazicki. Hey, everybody. Steve, welcome. Thank hey, you so you? much oh, for, for yeah, coming. Thank you so, so, thank so you much for, you for having me on the podcast. Steve and I worked on one thing. It falls into my specialty of things that don't get made or sold. <laughs> I think um, we all have a lot of those. <laughs> um, this was television rather than film. But um, I'm going to play just a little snippet, because all it is is a snippet, but um, of what we worked on together. It's our collaboration. Oh, that didn't really work. Technical. Well, oh well. That it didn't go well. That was. That didn't go well. So well. We when can you that in post. That was that was emblematic of the result that we achieved. You asked us whether we edit. <laughs> we, we, like, we, no, need we, a, we need a music supervisor for this we podcast. We never edit, yeah, but maybe know. we'll edit that out. Well, Who knows? Keep, whatever. <laughs> You know what I also noticed? Do you want to describe what that was, by the way? Sorry, didn't that was was the lovely theme song to a um, reality show sizzle reel called I Love You But I Don't Love That, which uh, Steve and I worked on together. Yeah, that was fun. There's our one point of collaboration. I also noticed Eric... The first thing I learned about Eric was he worked on Pocahontas 2, Journey to a New World. <laughs> that has come up and more. Did you really? I noticed I that you worked on a bunch of Disney oh, sequels I did as well. Ton, I did so yeah. many of those. Yeah. And it's really like those. Yeah, good gig. Well, yeah. And do you know, are you familiar with those? Um, I've watched maybe one or two uh, of them. Not really, but you know. History has not been kind to them. Right? Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. People don't really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for those, for those at home, this is... It, it was Disney Tune Studios at Disney in the 90s and early 2000s, uh, direct-to-video sequels of all their animated franchises, right? So yes. I worked on Bambi 2, Cinderella 2, Cinderella 3, Brother Bear 2, <laughs> Emperor's New Groove 2, anything with a 2 or a 3 in And what it. were you doing? Music supervising. So you chose music for it. Well, those, were they musicals? They were musicals. So okay. that was so that period of my that was essentially sort of like musical boot camp for me, I guess, because I was I yeah, having totally. come from doing traditional music supervision, quote unquote, picking songs and licensing songs. Right. This was uh, this taught me how to create original musicals, right? Working with songwriters, working with composers, producing vocals, producing orchestras. Yeah. Yeah. And so, got to work with some really great musicians and songwriters and we were the only studio at the time that was actually making musicals so we got we was right like, you know it we, was had, like a, it, we had a ball it, there yeah. wasn't like a musical renaissance like no this was been, uh, people were running away from them this I mean, was pre-glee yeah. and disney features this was the period where they were doing things like meet the robinsons so they were just not they yeah, were running away from their heritage sure, really and Did people Michael switching Weiner into and Alan yeah, Zachary yeah. Do I, one I of brought those? them in. I brought them in for two films. I yeah. thought so. They're, yeah, they're great friends and they're amazing. And I know now they do a cruise. They did a cruise ship show too. They did. Yeah, but these, you know, I, I, the, because history hasn't looked too kindly on these. You're sort of, like, you know, not that I sweep it under the rug a little bit on my resume because they're there prominently, but I sort of I forget. And I was sometimes I speak at like college courses and things now and. I was in one class and just they asked for my history. 
oh, I did this and I did this and I did this. And you sort of, I just sort of glossed over that. And like, wait, you know, the, the kids in the audience, wait, what, what? Bambi, because, too. And I would forget yeah. that these, like, like, <laughs> like, like now early 20-somethings, like these are the kids that we raised with these videos. Yes, totally. I was like, absolutely I, listening and to And like, so this one, this one girl who we've actually become friends since, like she's like, she was obsessed with Mulan too. That and is she so asked many questions about it, and it's really like these things—they do come back because that's what the, we were the babysitter, right? Here, let's put on. Yeah, they watched yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Peter Pan sure. Return to Neverland, and I'll see you in ninety minutes. You know. So. <laughs> well, that was good training for La La Land, yeah. which we're mentioning now for the first time. That is, uh, you know, the the big credit that has done a lot for Steve. Um, an amazing project. Um, Tell us a little bit about the genesis of that. How did that come about? That, my you, involvement, you mean? For you, yeah. I was at Lucasfilm for five years. And just an, a, an Doing amazing... Doing Yeah, I was... Uh, yeah, because uh, you did some Star Wars-y yeah. animation type things and yeah. stuff as well. Yeah, I was brought in to music supervise this animated musical. It was at the time called Primrose, 2010. Mm -hmm. And then it evolved into this film called Strange Magic that was released in 14, I think. 15. And um, it was George wanted to make uh, sort of a, a fairy tale rock opera for kids, and That's it was cool. it was sort of it was initially it, he wanted it was sort of a dark crystal kind of a very dark animated musical using pop tunes. So I was brought in to work on that, and um, over the course of my time there, I just sort of became the in the head of music for the company. Mm -hmm. Then you were living, up and there. I was living up there. Oh, it was amazing, yeah. And then what's up there? San Francisco. Um, yeah. Is that where Bay Lucasfilm Area. is? Yeah. Like, yeah, in the middle okay. of a forest, and it yeah. was just pretty magical. And while working on Strange Magic, our music director was this guy, Marius DeVries, who you may know. He's a um, music producer. He produced um, most of Bjork's early early solo records. Oh, he produced cool. all of Annie Lennox's first solo records, oh, yeah. and every awesome. m most Rufus Rainwright's records. And he also was music director on... Uh, I think Romeo and Juliet was his first one, and then Moulin Rouge and Sucker Punch. Mm. He's amazing. And we became really good friends while working on this film. And he got the gig as music director or executive music producer, rather, on La La Land. So he and I were together constantly, but he was working on both projects at the same time. And by this point, Disney had bought the company. I knew that my days were numbered. Yep. So I kept nagging at him, like, are you sure La La Land might need a music supervisor? It's kind of a musical. <laughs> and he said, no, the studio, they just, the, the music department of the studio is going to handle it themselves. I'm like, okay, we'll see how that goes. It's a lot of work. <laughs> and then I, you know, my days at, Dis at Disney slash Lucasfilm ended. I moved back to LA. And then about two months after I ended Lucasfilm, then Marius called and said, guess what? We do need you. So it, all, it just kind Amazing. of... Amazing. So you didn't know um, the composers no. or the director beforehand? No, I knew them only in that we intersected in the studio. Like when I was going into the studio to work on Strange Magic and they were leaving from doing La La and stuff, okay. we, would, we would meet. Gotcha. But that was about the extent of it. So what ex what's like a basic kind of like definition of like what a music supervisor does? Because that's kind of like maybe not the most well-known type. Like, because you're not composing the music. No. In your like, what's your job? It's the it varies based on the film or the project. Sure, right? yeah, like, totally. People mostly think of a music supervisor as the person that works on a film or a TV show or some other project, and they pick songs and license 
songs, existing mm-hmm. material to mm-hmm. drop into the to the film and the soundtrack album, and um, and that's a, that's a corner of what I do. Mm-hmm. But then, but because I tend to work on original musicals more than anything, really, mm-hmm. my job also entails. Um, bringing on songwriters, working with songwriters, overseeing that process, working with the composer, overseeing that yeah, process. Yeah, I mean, what, what was that Zach Braff movie about, um, you know, his, that he directed um, that had all those songs in it, a big soundtrack? Zach um, Braff. Oh, you think Fifty Shades? No. Fifty Shades of Grey, the music. Sorry, I just thought <laughs> No, Zach no, Braff. Fifty Days of Summer. No. 500 Days of Summer? 500 Days of Summer. Oh, my, my brain. Was, uh, I need more coffee. My good, brain is a little up to That's this, a good sorry. example. Yeah. No, yeah. It was, it, it, it's, this, it's about a little town in New Jersey, and he goes home. and Oh, Garden State? Garden, Garden State. State, yeah. Yes. I just was trying to use that as an example of a movie that, has, that cho- uh, chooses a lot of different songs, yeah. songs. Yeah. Yeah, for and sure. comes out with a big soundtrack that's yeah. a compilation of, yes. of like yeah. other people's uh, songs that were written for other purposes, but but the music supervisor has used those songs to create a huge part of the world. A, of the, yeah, exactly. a soundtrack. Yeah. You know, n- not necessarily score. You know, because that it might also have like underscoring and soundtrack also. Yeah. But those are the kinds of things where music supervision is really very prominent. Yeah. But what you're specializing in now is something kind of completely different. Yeah. Because um, for La La Land, you didn't need to do that. No, you know there. I mean, maybe there was an incidental song yeah. on the radio or something like that, but it was a musical. So you worked with you know Emma Stone mm-hmm. and Ryan Gosling, mm-hmm. helping them with their performances and recording and um, yeah. So that was were my you first in there gig for the recordings oh, yeah. and everything. And that was my first them. job on the film. Actually, and one of the reasons probably that I was brought on is initially. Some people know this, some people don't, but the film originally had cast Emma Watson and Miles Teller in, in those roles. Interesting. And then Emma Watson fell out. She just she went off to go to Beauty and the Beast instead. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Miles Teller, I think he hung on for a little bit because they cast Emma Stone, and then maybe I, you know I don't really know the full story to be honest. But then once Emma Stone came on, then Ryan Gosling came on to to gotcha. be her partner as yeah. opposed to Miles. And once the two of them hit, their schedules were so limited, right? Mm-hmm. As one would expect for talent of that caliber. Yeah, for sure. So the stars. film, you know, pre-production got accelerated. The shoot dates got accelerated, and suddenly, like, if the thing just got like it shot out like a cannon, and they needed somebody to manage that. So I was brought in initially to really oversee Emma and Ryan to get them trained. Right. So you know, I, I you know to schedule their vocal lessons and Ryan's piano lessons and their dancing and mm-hmm. um, and. We had, we were teaching them how to sing. That's a lot but, more than music. Oh no, it's yeah, that's it's, like a whole like yeah. that's a. And I sort of, for those that are are well versed in you know terminology in the film business, I mm-hmm. always like to say that I'm a line producer for the music department. Mm-hmm. As a line producer, sort of the person that just sort of holds everything together for the mm-hmm. film itself and manages the budgets and manages the schedules and just keeps everything on track. And that's what and I do for the music department. with all the other departments. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Connects everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Sure yeah. So I'm working arm in arm with the choreographers. I'm working arm in arm with the props department and sourcing instruments for the band and working with the casting department to find extras. And we had a lot of jazz musicians on, on screen. If you recall, so I, right, right. I'm digging through all these old jazz clubs websites in LA, trying to find jazz old jazz guys that look cool. And, and you were on set for most of the oh yeah yeah 
thing. Yeah. I mean, at least all the musical numbers. Yeah. And then yeah. you're doing and post too, yeah? Yeah. And making sure like the, it's all... And then it goes to editorial and mixing and soundtrack delivery and the score. And that it was, sequence, it was like two years um, of my life, basically. That sequence That's a on long the freeway. process. Yeah. It's a long process. That sequence on the freeway is really just like stunning. Mm-hmm. That was, know, it just was amazing. It was amazing and terrifying, but there was also, there's something about doing something that no one's ever really done before that is it's actually sort of liberating because no one's done it before so there's no roadmap to do it's it it's gonna be the best we're like one well too. we're in this together let's see how, let's see how it goes yeah. and you know it started so the music department we're working on we're mapping out the song and we're we're pre-recording demo vocalists for the parts so we sort of know how it all maps out and working on the orchestration and then we're coordinating with the the choreographers and um and the ad's to sort of map out the 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 layout of the cars, mm-hmm. so you know that starts off with a bunch of sticky notes on a table, which right. then graduated to matchbox cars, which then became a bunch of our cars in a parking lot, yeah. and so as you rehearse, you realize, oh well, you know, it's gonna it takes a lot longer for this dancer to get from that car to over there, so we need to add another bar, or whoa, he got there faster, so we got to so we you know we kept the song kept evolving over time as we rehearsed with. The talent and the dancers. So the song really changed an influence based off of like with the choreography and what everybody could do and yeah. stuff. That's yeah. very interesting. That's then, a cool way to work. Yeah. As as opposed to just having like a pre prescribed piece yeah. of music and then fitting everything. Well, so it's you know these are things I didn't realize. Like okay, we have to measure how far you know the space between each car, and then we actually. We shot two days over a weekend, and the week previous to that, we were we had a half day on the freeway itself, at rehearsing, mm-hmm. and brought a bunch of cars up there and rehearsed. And that we had to sort of reinvent a lot just doing it in the actual space. Totally, so, yeah. yeah, seeing the logistics yeah. of it. So, like an animation, do you just give them the song and then they animate? Yeah, just exactly yeah. to what they want, because yeah. they can just make them jump over cars as fast as they want. Exactly, yeah. That's crazy. But then in animation, a lot of times what you'll get is. You know, the director or editorial will decide, oh, we want this to move along a little faster. Mm-hmm. So they start making cuts, and then it comes back to the music department, like, oh, why is there so a half bar the here? This uh, <laughs> what do we do now? Do yeah. yeah so, sure. And then you sort of have a little back and forth. Like, there's the, the age old fight of, like, you know, music department wants, you know, picture to follow music, and then, you know, <laughs> yeah, then the editorial the wants it to go the other way around. So. And you won a Grammy for a I did. Land, didn't that you? Was, yeah, that was. Did you go to a the dream Grammys? Come true. Oh yeah, yeah. How was that? Amazing and weird. Have you been to the Grammys cold. before? Yeah, yeah, I've gone before, yeah, but usually sure. I'm like you know. But not in, to win. No, usually I'm in a nosebleed <laughs> seat, just <laughs> drinking, you know. But, but to win, it was kind of it was pretty that's so pretty great. insane. I was like crying and like. Yeah. It's really yeah, very so dignified. Cool. It's yeah, really amazing. amazing. Where, where, it's a good where, thing that Moonlight wasn't on. I know, oh, I right? <laughs> was that this year? Uh, yeah, this is February of this year. Uh, oh my god, that's yeah. very recently. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Where do you keep it? Your your Grammy? Um, it's just it's on a little on a bureau that I have. Yeah. In your bedroom? No, it's just in my living room. Oh. Are you, are you directing your, people to where it is? So they is can, it your own? No, no. Up the own. stairs to the right. <laughs> We're not telling people where you live. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're our first Grammy-winning guest on here. Yeah, it's, it's sort of Maddie Noyce really doesn't doesn't have yet. any Grammys. Not yet. It's kind of it's yeah. pretty amazing, and it's like, I mean I, this, I mean the project changed my life, but also just this business. I've worked with so many amazing.
people at Lucasfilm. Um, the director that eventually inherited Strange Magic is this guy, Gary Wrightstrom, who's a sound designer and a sound mixer. He has seven Oscars, and so you go into his office, and they're just sort of all over the place. Yeah. You know, and oh, it's just working with Oscars people. Oh, let me move my so I can and, get my folder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, your Oscars are cluttering up my desk. You know? And it's just, it's... Yeah, I know some people such, that have won big awards, like yeah. Tonys and Emmys and Oscars, and it's funny to see, like, if you're in their house, and they're kind of like... They're often like kind of like tucked away, yeah. and but you know you see them and you're just like, oh, that's that's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we went through this the La La Land award season was just crazy, and we were winning things left and right. It's just so amazing seeing your friends win all these things. Yeah, oh, totally. I mean, it's especially just became, after two years of work, yeah. it must just be. It became gratifying. this other thing that you did mm-hmm. for months. Yeah. You know, after the, yeah. the movie came out, it was like an extension. Another full-time job. An unpaid. <laughs> you don't get paid for an unpaid extension of your. Of but your you get job. lots of wine and food, so that's kind of cool. Oh yeah, yeah that's nice. For yeah, sure. oh my God. I and it say. brought obviously a lot of opportunities. But before we get to like what you did next, let's. I want to kind of circle back though to young Steve. Yeah, let's deep dive. Um, Steve was never young. That's the <laughs> Steve was young. You still look like a little Steve, baby. Steve's Steve. old. Yeah. Well, I'm old you, on the inside, which is what counts. <laughs> where are you from? Uh, was born in Michigan. Oh, in Dearborn, Michigan, Detroit suburbs, and and did you spend your whole childhood there? I left uh, when I was eleven, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, did your parents where? move for work or something? Yeah, my dad got transferred for work to San Diego. What so. did he do? Uh, he's an aerospace engineer. Oh, okay, cool. So he was sort of like a, a manager or or assistant manager of a, of a shop in um, Michigan, and got a chance to run his own shop. Oh, nice. San Diego. So starting so, then, you grew up in San Diego. Yeah. Just yeah. so pretty. It was really pretty. It was an amazing place to grow up. Just been perfect weather was, almost all the time. Yeah, I was close to the beach. So yeah, I drive my bike to the beach all the time, and I was this weird little, you know, alternative goth kid who was like, I was a goth kid, but that was tan. You it were was really, a goth really, kid? Oh my god, it was. But we didn't call it goth back then. We, you know, we was it, it mostly music it? that made you goth, or did you just want to yeah. like obliterate obliterate your face or something no I maybe disturb my parents I don't know it was um did you wear like goth makeup and no I didn't do the makeup thing but I had the ratted out Robert Were Smith you Robert in... Smith jet black hair yeah, and, like the and Smith, I oh yeah and I only wore black Morrissey and, oh yeah and Susan the Banshees and the Cure and I and the Bunny Man and all that and yeah I, if it if the music didn't originate in England I didn't want to know about it basically <laughs> <laughs> I was so not that I was into yeah. Prince um uh I don't know. I, love well, I, said, I mean, I listened to Prince as well and yeah. David Bowie and Iggy Pop and stuff. But, I did but mostly David. it was I did love really, David Bowie. Yeah. I didn't really gravitate towards that like kind of goth. I or really like what a mopey. Um, I th- for me, which you know, which people think is weird. Like I actually like Morrissey's lyrics. While on the surface sound hopeless and depressing, they're actually humorous. And so I very found, humorous. yeah. And I found to me what I found in, in the in that music was not death and depression and sadness I found people that I thought were sort of that had a wry intellectual sense of humor his, is, he and did, I, his song totally is Girlfriend in a Coma right? yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, which that's, is hilarious yeah. and heaven knows I'm miserable now I mean these <laughs> things are just like they're so overbearing that they're you know they're deliberately a bit comical now yeah. he's just a miserable old sod that we don't want to he's so bitchy <laughs> he's really just you know, <laughs> sad yeah, no, but um, okay. Did you so, do like um, sports or music or no, I, what were you into when you? I we had a radio station at high at the high school, so oh, okay. I ran that. 
And oh wow! That is like work very, like this. Yeah. yeah, and I worked at a record store. This place called Licorice Pizza, which was a Southern California institution. Is it still there? No, it's long gone. Oh, it, yeah. it got bought by Music Plus and then Warehouse. These are names no one will remember. Um, Blockbuster. And I, I, I like I played tennis, but I wasn't really a sporty kind of guy. Right, for sure. Because my high school was near the beach, sports were not really a thing. When mm. like when the weather was good, we all went surfing or skateboarding. Like so, oh, that was yeah, kind totally. of what we did. We just no one had patience for like football. Did you? No, surf? we just yeah. I surfed and I skateboarded. You look like a surfer. Yeah. Really? I think okay. so. Yeah. See? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Eric is Eric. Doubts. Eric, you don't think so? <laughs> no, no. Now don't even. I mean, I stopped when I was when I graduated high school. So that's like, don't ask me to. I'd hurt myself. To get on a surfboard, yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. So. Surfing's scary to me. I don't think. I'm I think surf. of surfers as more blonde and dumb than. Um, than Steve. I know a lot much, of philosophical surfers. Much dumber than Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Not every day. Some, Steve has dumb days too. <laughs> so uh, then where did you go to college? UCLA. Okay. Yeah. And you've lived here ever since? Yeah. Except oh, yeah. for your stint in, in San Francisco. Uh, yeah. I moved up to LA to go to UCLA and just... Did you take film classes there? I took film class. I was, um, I was a history major with an emphasis in film. At the time, I wasn't sure if I wanted to go in the film business, the music business, or to be a writer. So I was kind of covering all bases, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess. Totally. And history major, well, I mean, I, yes, I'm a history trivia nut, but it was also the major that made the students write the most. Like, it was nonstop writing. Gotcha. So, like, and I recognized that, like, okay, if I'm if writing is maybe one of my future goals, and I just want to write all the time. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just to get that practice out. So That's cool. Do you still write? Yeah, I mean, I, I tried my hand as a as a writer as a career for a little while. It didn't go very well. Yeah, but I tried it. So, but you must. Uh, what I read a lot of emails. What about your? <laughs> what about texts? Texts <laughs> and my tests are are always grammatically correct with correct punctuation. <laughs> what about um, probably only music? Use though, a semicolon. Your music background. Yeah. Do you do you, you play piano? No, I you when I was a kid, I played saxophone for about five minutes. And oh, so you then, were no help at all to um, to Ryan Gosling? No, not at all. And no, I, but I you played, piano. played piano. Yeah, and I played piano like enough to just kind of okay. You know, I so find middle C and then go. You don't there. come from a like music performance no. or composition background. I come from just the crazy music head that's sort of obsessive and a Wikipedia loves yeah, and music. just has always been immersed in it. So I just. And you know, just remembers songs yeah. and just has an encyclopedia. Yeah. Well, that sounds perfect for what you do. Yeah. And what and the films that I work or the type of music production that I do, like if somebody said, "Here, go produce a hit record for Rihanna or something," I'd probably be hopeless. But because I'm working in film with music as storytelling, yeah, it's yeah. What's important is am I tr- am I transmitting what I want to transmit? Like you know. Am I making the audience feel sad? Am I making them happy? Am I telling a story with the song that goes from A to B? Yeah, it's like so, writing. It's yeah. storytelling. So it's not. So I don't need to be pitch perfect and you know play the guitar or these things. I just need right. to know what sounds right and and what and how to get to that end goal of of the audience feeling what they should be feeling. I love that totally. Um, so. What was your first entree into the film business? What, what, what was your first job? I um, I was a record label guy for a long time. So I did. Oh, I was okay. in radio promotion, and then I was a marketing guy, and mm-hmm. and um, tour like I worked with David Bowie for a while. I think you know that, 
Right. I did so that. that. What did you do with David Bowie? I was a product manager at his record label. Oh, okay. Which well, is product I, manager is sort of like an in-house, like a marketing person at the label that's personally responsible for certain artists and everything that they want goes like, sort of their, their, their conduit. So you so would go to him and say, you know, David, you should put out a toothpaste. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it was, it was, you know, and him being the reason I got in the music business in the first place, I, I, it was... It was I think, surreal. And what about yeah, eyewear with two different color lenses to match your eyes? Oh, that could actually... Does, has no one David done Bowie had different colored eyes. He yeah. did yeah. have different yeah. colored eyes. That's hot. Yeah. But so I was... After... As a marketing guy, like, it just... This is late, mid-late 90s when the business started to fall apart. The and music I, business. Music business. Yeah. And I just... Also, I wasn't really very happy and I knew that I wanted to do something else. So I actually left to go be a writer for a bit. And it was, I was a music journalist and it just wasn't going very well. So then I went mm-hmm. back in the label business and I ended up at a label as a soundtrack executive at Polygram, another company that no longer exists. Yeah. And Polygram. Yeah. Who is their big? Um, was a, it was a big record was, company. But it was a collective. Gotcha. So they within Polygram, there uh, was Polygram smaller. Records, there was London yeah, Records. And they had a there film was, division. Yeah. So I worked, so we were in conjunction, we worked with the film division and we put like, at that point, I worked on Elizabeth and Notting Hill and Jawbreaker and a couple of really fun things. <laughs> nice. So that was my entree into that as sort of as a label executive person. But got to meet all the film and TV people and music supervisors, right. and I thought, oh, this is really, really interesting. Darren Stein. And Darren, yeah, so I worked with Darren on Jawbreaker, and he and I became really good friends yeah. after that. And he's a friend of mine too. Yeah. Okay. We should have him on. You should. And then I worked on a film with him. We did this film, All About Evil, which I totally love and I recommend everyone here go rent it. All Mm. about Evil. Do you know All About Evil? I don't. I don't. I I talked to him about um, GBF. Oh, okay. This Um, was the film before GBF. He didn't direct All About Evil. It was uh, Joshua Grinnell, who most people know as Peaches Christ, the famous drag star from San Francisco. And it was his first feature, and then it was sort of just a tribute to old like William Castle horror movies, and it was Natasha Leone and Cassandra Peterson were the stars, and um, all about evil, all about evil, <laughs> and it's just awesome. it's it's hilarious and it's bloody and it's awesome. It's like you know, and Ming Stoll is in. It's like if John Waters made a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, and fun. I had so much fun working on that, and I think Joshua is absolutely totally brilliant. And Darren produced and that? Darren produced it. Yeah. Oh, awesome. And then I went right from that to working with George Lucas, so it all made perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you working on now? Now I am just finishing up uh, an animated musical for Warner Brothers called Smallfoot. It's uh, the, the, the storyline, it's uh, Bigfoot in reverse, so it's about yetis that don't believe in us and we're the smallfoot. Very cute. Oh, yeah. that's so, so good, there's right? like there's like this so, mythical creature that are called humans, a human. The small that most yeah. of them don't believe in. Exactly. They yeah. must live in a very and they're scary and they're yeah. yeah. civilization. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're, like we're in a yeti village, and Channing Tatum plays the lead yeti, and oh, um, and Common is the leader of the of the village, and his daughter is Zendaya, and collectively they 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 just don't believe mm-hmm. in the small foot. They have all these yetis. rules, and um. And so and Channing's character Migo meets a small foot and turns their world upside down. Does he That's sing? Awesome. Yeah. We have, our first, we have, we have our first sing. session with him in a couple of days. So. Oh, exciting. <laughs> yeah. So is it set in like the woods? Is it no, it's set like... on a mountain. Lots of snow. Okay. Oh, yeah, because it's a yeah. Yeti, not yeah. Bigfoot. Yeah, but then it's they, you know, it's set in the Himalayas and 
you know, so he goes down. It's like a plane crashes and he see. Oh wait, and he realizes that the small foot are real, and he's banished for speaking <laughs> such you know for such heresy. So he goes down the mountain to prove to prove that he's right, and then he meets James Corden, who is this um, nature documentarian. Um, the talk show host. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he's and so famous. James Corden sings. Yeah, as well. Yeah, that's fun. So, oh, I love. Yeah. So you're working with him. Yeah. That must be really fun. Oh, really fun. He's such a professional and really charming. And he fun seems to be so around. charming. And, oh yeah. 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 Do you believe in Bigfoot? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> or the abominable snowman. Right? Okay, yeah, maybe the, <laughs> they're all the same thing. I mean, that's what he is. Yeah. Well, Bigfoot's more like a less t- less less wintry version, yeah. right? I grew up in Washington State, so the Bigfoot myth is, I guess, big there. I guess yeah. all over the West Coast. Did you know that there's like seventy percent of uh, forests in Washington are still like unexplored? Oh well, then there's totally big feet. Now. So there Bigfoot. could be Bigfoot. Could totally be big you... feet. Well, big feet. What would be the plural of Bigfoot? <laughs> Do you think? I don't. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think it's like a. I don't think there's like a humanoid uh-huh. like uh, creature with really hairy walking around on two feet. Uh-huh. But there could be some sort of weird creatures that we don't know about. Yeah. More like bears. I, think I would guess it would be like a bear e- variation. Who wrote the music for this? Um, <laughs> you're like, I'm changing the subject. <laughs> As we go down the conspiracy rabbit hole theory rabbit hole. Um, the songs are written by Kara Kirkpatrick and Wayne Kirkpatrick, who wrote uh, Something Rotten for Broadway. If oh, you, wow. If you so, saw that, which is, yeah. have you seen it? I, I have didn't not seen it. It's really, really People fantastic. Rave. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's rave. And I've never, it's I didn't Clever see it. and funny. Yeah, it looks really fun. Yeah. So they wrote the songs, and, um, and you know, Zendaya has a number, and James Corden has a song, and Common has a song. I mean, it's really fun. So your work is, you know, especially now that you're doing like a lot of musicals, um, it seems to overlap with with stage uh-huh. um have you thought about like working on a stage musical what would you do i actually, I actually am but i can't really talk about it okay um, but let, well, okay. I am, i'm working with a film studio right now i have two partners one of them is a book writer who's done broadway before and um one is a lyricist that's done broadway before and we're awesome. we're developing a film property for the stage for a studio so so you and what is your role you're producing um it, among creative producing, producing and, and music other music supervisor in the theater world is a totally different thing than what I do. Mm-hmm. So this this is it's a film property with some existing songs in it, but I'm finding other existing songs to tell the story. So in that respect, I'm music supervisor. You're helping this shape. But I'm also working with the book writer and the lyricist to, you know, we're a couple years into it now, but I work with them to sort of, to develop. The story itself and the structure and what we wanted to do and to pitch to our studio and that's great awesome. yeah so it's, it's like really a fun but it's box kind of yeah yeah musical and we have a table read coming up and it's totally that? not my world like they throw all these terms that, that I have to Google right after <laughs> sorry you're doing that in New York uh, all here for now oh it's here nice. it will probably be you know hey let's hope that it is successful you know right now you know it's 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 not officially happening yet we're still in the kicking the tires and developing it stage yeah totally so. it's titanic yeah. um and i did some stage i <laughs> i worked on the la la land hollywood ball show so I've, that's the stage that i've done so far oh, um yes oh did they do like did they do the movie as a stage production yeah. at hollywood ball i didn't know yeah, that it that's was awesome it was you know the, the, the film with a live orchestra and we had um 
some singers perform, and mm-hmm. um, we kept all, all the principal, all the all the leads voices remain, like Ryan and Emma, right, Joe Legend, right, and the right. roommates. But everything else we replaced with live vocalists on stage. Right, cool. and it was really fun, and because the film had come out only a couple months before, we used basically the same orchestra, the same choir, and the same singers that had worked oh, on nice. the film. So it was it was really fun to see them again because when we were working with all these really amazing people, like. No one, no one knew what the movie was. No one knew what it would become. They're just, you know. Well, they only knew their little part of yeah. it. They didn't, they didn't see yeah. it, and yeah. And then nine months or a year, you know, a year or so later, the film comes out. It's this huge thing, and it was really rewarding to bring them all back. Mere like two two months after the Oscars, to sort of is a reunion, right? Yeah. And to and celebrate to what have we've a done. Bonus, and, oh yeah, um, yeah. You know, part of their gig, and to perform at the Hollywood yeah. Bowl. I mean, that's just like. That's amazing. And I found, and I reached out to the, if you remember the two dancers that dance on the pier with, to City yeah. of Stars with Ryan. So, you know, I met them at a couple events and we rang them up and they got to dance on stage at the Hollywood Bowl, which is the cutest That's thing awesome. in the entire room. Yeah. And you also have a film that was just a can, right? Was it called Arctic? Mm-hmm. It's called Arctic and it stars Mads Mikkelsen. Um, it's, I mean, the bad way of describing it is that it's cast away in the snow. So when the film when the film opens, you see Mads Mikkelsen stranded in the snow. You have, right. you have no idea. Plane crash. Plane crash. Yeah. a lot of plane crash. Plane snow crash. Yeah, right. Well, I'm I'm totally I'm too much snow. <laughs> you know, you don't know how long he's been there or why he was even there, and those questions aren't actually answered. But um, in at the opening of the film, you just realize that he's been there for quite some time, mm-hmm. and then a helicopter, a rescue helicopter, comes and crashes. And there's one survivor in the crash, and she's comatose. And he realizes, well, now it's, there's two of us. Gotcha. So I've actually got to. So it's not just saving myself. I have to do He's something. Save her. Yeah. So it's 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 him dragging her to a communications oh, wow. beacon, and there's very little dialogue in it. It's mostly score, and it was just a really. There was a nice change of pace. That's I read amazing on. things about yeah, it. So it, did, it was really well received, which is great. You chose the um, the music. Well, I or... hired this composer Joseph Chapanese, who's really great. Okay. Oversaw his process, and just worked with him on the score and the director Joe Pena on um, assembling that and drove that creatively and, yeah, and brought in a vocalist to do just the male uh, this male vocalist uh, uh, who was. His band's name is Imaginary Future, if you know them. He, he does just some really nice vocalizing at the end. So were nice. you kind of like, this needs something else? And then kind of like, we're like, let's get a male vocalist in here? Or what? Or... Well, myself and Joseph, the composer, we had talked like, oh, does this, is this one of those films that wants a song at the end? Because mm-hmm. that's sort of, mm-hmm. people gravitate, you know, thank you, Titanic. Like what everybody's yeah. going to think, so maybe sometimes these films Armageddon. need a big soaring song. <laughs> and it just, a song didn't feel right. But Joseph had composed this really beautiful piece. Mm-hmm. And so the film ends, then it went into this orchestral piece, and it just felt nice. Right. But it just maybe it needed something. And it didn't need a song. A song would have been jarring. And we realized, well, maybe just what it needs is sort of some light, wordless vocal soaring over it. Yeah. And, that, and actually, that was the right thing, because it, sort of, it, it kind of grounded it, it made it a little human. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't. And it amps up the emotion. Yeah, kind yeah, of. yeah. Sounds right. Um, do you? What, when do you usually come on to a project? Like, has it been shot or during production? It varies. I mean, sometimes I'll come on at script stage and I'll just sit with the writer or director and I'll go, oh, okay, well, this 
especially in, in a musical property. Like, okay, well, we should this we put a song here, put a song here. This song should do that. Yeah, the music's yeah. coming in super early in one of yeah. those type of things. But a lot of times, but then there's occasions where it's maybe something's already been shot and they just need somebody to steer it through post Throw and music, music on top yeah. of this thing. Yeah, and yeah. so it's it, sort of it's yeah. a little all over the place. Animation, I'm on really early mm-hmm. because those are musicals usually and the songs right. are embedded in the story and you've got to get things you know get vocal songs written and vocals recorded really early on in the game so it can be animated so in those situations i like a couple of years from release usually is yeah thought, totally what haven't you done so far that you think like oh yeah i'd really love to do that that's an interesting question. I really producing a reality show. Maybe? Producing a reality show. <laughs> Great. <laughs> a vacation would be Have you awesome. Done any TV yeah, I've, I've not really done much TV. Is the honest. music supervision for TV like? Um, well, think yeah. about like Grey's Anatomy. Like yeah. Grey's Anatomy, like because that's another example of like a prominent music mm-hmm. supervisor. Um, right, and they have new yeah. songs and often all the time, like. And some TV shows have like you know people like Jason Bentley or you yeah. know and Heather Alex Petsavasa does Grey's Anatomy. She's amazing. Right? Yeah. So like with Grey's Anatomy, like that Snow Patrol mm-hmm. song or whatever, mm-hmm. like becomes a big hit yeah. because it shows on that. Yeah. And so there are some TV shows that use songs yeah. really prominently yeah. in in to to help the storytelling. Yeah. And those are, those those shows are. I mean, I just my hat goes off to. The supervisors what? are working on those shows because it's so much work, Since and you've got twenty episodes, and they're just you know, yeah. you know, fifteen to ten songs. And a... since we're talking about it, I, there's just something so strange about one show that I, um, Scandal, uh-huh. which I have watched. Uh-huh. Um, Shonda Rhimes uh-huh. apparently like there was never a white vocalist in that um, in that show. Oh. Ever. As if white people didn't know how to sing. Oh. I don't, it I mean, was, a lot of times we don't. It was strange. Did she, like, was she like, did realize that, that she didn't want, like, a. I, I've never heard anyone acknowledge that that's true. No, I just noticed never, it. I didn't know and that. And there were even, like, you know, like songs, like a Beatles song uh-huh. or whatever, it was always a black hmm. vocalist singing someone else's. So, oh, I don't know. That's, that's an so interesting was, conceit, though. Like, I, I was weird. But it's weird, but I, I, I love. Films, TV shows that have a sort of that have a really great concept to them. Like, yeah. I think that's an interesting concept. Right? I, it is. It is. I just it, I noticed it. I've never mm-hmm. seen anyone like um, point that mm-hmm. out either. But no, neither have I. Maybe it was a deliberate choice. But it sounds like it. It just occurred to me yeah. because we were talking about music supervision. Yeah. Obviously, that was her mandate, and yeah. someone interesting. Um, fulfilled it. Yeah. I mean, I I hope to do TV. I'm actually talking to. Uh, I'm in talks on a TV show now, so we'll see. But it's a lot of work. I it's think. a lot of work, and 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 as I said before, like the soups that that focus on TV, like it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 a whole different world from what I do most yeah. of the time, and and it's it's a different part of the music brain. But it would be a nice because I do so many films, like I just don't really have the bandwidth to do 22 episodes of a show that's just tons of sourcing and licensing and you know yeah um so i'd love to work on a sustained yeah you know it's a good regular gig and apparently you are working all the time yeah no things are good but it's (laughs) i would love to work on a show that's that's maybe a hybrid where some songs are you know are existing and and you know pulling those together and working on a show that has sort of you know musical elements to it Right. Yeah, that's like an original that, song. That a good yeah. one yeah. for you could have been this new show 
Pose, I think it's called. Yeah, like Pose or Smash or like those things. Would have, yeah. That's a Ryan Murphy's new show yeah. about transgender yeah. mm. that has a lot of musical yeah. elements yeah. to it. Exactly. Do you go to a lot of concerts? You Not must. anymore. Really? No, because I'm... In music so I, much. We're not at Spaceland every no, night? No, because uh, <laughs> I like to be in bed by 10. Oh, yeah. and, what? And also, like, I, I just, just living the rock star dream. My schedule just, it just changes all the time. Like, yeah. I, I don't have a reg, you know, there's no, it's totally unpredictable. I yeah. like and to be so in I, bed by 10. I forgot yeah. that about you. Well, because I, I, I have to, if I'm not up by 6, like, I just can't really get caught up. Because like first thing in the morning, like my in, my emails are just are flooded. Are, are flooded. So I've just got to like hit it really hard very early. Yeah. So you're not and discovering new bands at like dive bars. No, I do that online. <laughs> 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 but you know, it's and I'm I feel I'm sort of that guy that will, you know, I get on guest lists and stuff now, which is great. And I RSVP, and then inevitably I'm like, oh crap, I actually can't make the show because now I've got to work. Gotta and then I'm that right. guy that has to send the email. Oh, I'm so sorry, you can't make it. And then these people are gonna stop inviting well, me to things. Very polite. Because, <laughs> that you do that. Yeah, because well, you don't want to be the guy that just doesn't That's show up, and then they yeah. stop inviting you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to see Parliament last week. George Clinton was doing a show. Oh wow, where at the Peppermint Club, and I couldn't make it. I had to work, and I'm like, ah. Parliament Funk Funkadelic Peppermint Club. Peppermint Club. It's on Beverly. It used I felt, it used to be called. Yeah, I don't think I've been there. What was it called? Sounds it's been cute. like a million different things. It was. Oh, um, okay, never mind. <laughs> that's an example of yeah it was a restaurant that okay, I can't remember okay. it's next to where Barney's uh, where uh, not Barney's Barney, sorry um, we're wasting valuable airtime with my brain <laughs> not, not connecting so people it's just, are riveted uh, no people, people are, are totally someone actually knows the answer to that yeah. they're like it's across oh, from it's Cedars yeah, if you know what Peppermint Club used to be right in <laughs> uh, tweet uh, us Dominic's <laughs> It used to be Dominic's. Oh, Dominic's. Mm, yeah. I like Dominic's. I'm glad I thought of that before we all lost our minds. Yeah, <laughs> that is near Cedars. I'm Beverly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Who knew? I have, I have not yeah. been there. Do you go out to concerts much? I try to see a couple shows. I like I like to go to the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. Um, we went and saw Kamasi Washington and Herbie Hancock mm-hmm. last year. Oh, okay. I like to um, see friends performing because yeah. I do have some friends like. Patrice Quinn, who's been on the podcast, who's performing, you know, sings with Kamasi Washington. I love going to see our friend Maddie Noyes yeah. at little clubs that she performs at. Is it Noyes or No Yes? It's Noyes. Noyes. Yeah, I say No Yes. I better fix that. No Yes is kind of cute though. Yeah, right. I think. Well, that's, is that's not her real last name? Is it? It's a stage name. It is her. No, oh. that's her actual name. It's a good lucky name that's to a have. Good but you know, name. Like, when we were shooting in her apartment, uh-huh. like. She had her name spelled out like over something yeah. like a man, and it. You, when you look at it, it it's no yes, you know, yeah. and it just yeah. it's it's very interesting, wow. and it, it almost sounds like noise. And she's yeah. like a musician. It's it's good. It's yeah. interesting. She's got an album dropping. Yeah. Since we're plugging her, you know, why don't why don't we plug Maddie Noyce's new album? Yeah, and if you haven't Spiraling listened to that down. first episode yet, listen. Yeah, yeah go listen. back deep into our archives for back, that. Back, she actually, I think, revealed "Say It to My Face" on our podcast. Mm-hmm. She was like, "I got a new song coming out called Say," and then we released the episode. Did like she six say six months later? A new song dropping. <laughs> she, she might have. <laughs> right, but we, we my, like my you said, goes. like we. We didn't come out with that episode for seven months. So. Yeah, we sat <laughs> 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 like, Editor's note, the song is... Yeah, it's been out, out for three months. Uh, 
It was great that we got her episode recorded, yeah. but we weren't quite ready to release at the time. No, yeah, it took us a little while to get going. <laughs> I well, saw Dolly Parton at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, oh, sorry, I was talking about oh, no, 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 concert, yeah. 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 Um, I love. I wish I saw more music. I mean, what? What I are you influenced by? Like, like Jason Bentley or or certain like DJs on the radio? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think KCRW has such good music. Yeah. Like, and they just really like discover. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I discover people mm-hmm. through them. You probably know about them already. Yeah, but. I mean, I, yeah, I discover. I mean, it, I discover music everywhere. To yeah, be and I try not place. like at the gym. I try not to have headphones in. Because sometimes I hear something that you hear music in a grocery store or a clothing store, like you hear music anywhere, right? And you right. either Shazam it or I write a lyric down, like, yeah, okay, I what was that? A lot. You know, and and obviously a lot of friend recommendations. I get a ton of stuff sent to me, so I listen to all that and mm-hmm. see what clicks. And I, re, you know, every morning while I'm having my coffee and answering my work emails, I'm also looking at all the music blogs to see what what they're recommending, and you know, it comes from anywhere. Yeah. You're such a go-getter, hard-working individual. I try. I'm it's also good. tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, coffee, coffee, coffee. Yeah, He's, no, there. No, no, no. He's there at 6 in the morning, yeah. answering his emails, going on music blogs. Yeah. <laughs> I could be just fabricating all of this. Well, it's just, a good to, just to sort of create a... He's so responsible. Lying in bed watching 30 Rock reruns. We should, <laughs> we should hire him. He's yeah. so responsible. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, we all have our days. But, yeah. I mean, it, the because I work on so many projects that all are that are all happening at the same time. You just have to be sometimes on it just them. goes. And my philosophy is I can't, I can never tell one project. Oh, I can't do this because I'm doing X Y Z for another project. They right? You have to make the all of them need to th- think that they're. They don't want to hear about your. They don't. Work. They don't care. Yeah, like, so, oh, like, we're paying what? you. So yeah. <laughs> have you gotten some good vacation time in? No, not really. But you gonna you gonna you have any vacation plans? No. You should plan something for yourself. I, I or who? Who? What do I know? Yeah. Maybe you, you don't need a vacation. I, well, I travel for work. Like I was oh, in, okay. I was in Asia last year, awesome. working on Crazy Rich Asians, and then I was in London right after that, shooting a movie, the Al thing. So I. I I travel for work, and then the days off that are embedded in a schedule become my vacation, and I'm on someone else's That's dime. That's kind of a nice so way to do it. If you do make sure. it down to San Diego sometimes. Yeah, see my family. For some yeah. downtime. It's actually supposed to be there right now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so if my family is listening, they're going to discover that I'm well, it's not, airing not at work like I said I was. It's, it's not airing live, and this is work. <laughs> this is work, yes. <laughs> yeah, Plugging yourself. Uh, but this won't air for a few weeks. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I have time to perhaps... <laughs> but I'm sure but your family text and say, I've given it all up. Can, can you change this? Well, they <laughs> might listen if he posts it or yeah, says, totally. like, hey, I'm on podcast. Do you want to yeah. check out what I'm up to? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have one brother and got great family. Do they live in San Diego? San Diego, yeah. Okay, cool. Your brother lives there? Yeah. What does he do? He work. He followed in my dad's footsteps. He actually ended up running Everything. my dad's company after oh, my dad wow. retired. Cool. And, oh, how perfect! Yeah, yeah. How nice for your dad that he got to turn over his business yeah, to his because son. I was just You're an like, ungrateful little shit that went <laughs> out of music business and you know. But, but they must be super proud of you. Yeah, now, huh? Grammy winner. They were actually surprisingly always really supportive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things when you're. I can only imagine it must be the same thing. If you tell your parents, oh, I want to be an actor, or I want to be a model, or I want to be a mm-hmm. musician, they'd be like, no, you go 
work at a bank, you know, right. be responsible because that's what our generation taught us. But they were always really, really supportive and just go yep. do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's really within good. reason. Right. That's really good. Right. But it's, I mean, because it's it can be hard for for people to imagine like oh, how's that going to work? You yeah. know, like that seems so unsteady. Like. What's going to happen to Steve? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you better not be calling us for money. <laughs> Which um, I don't know that I... I must have called for money at some point. Yeah. I, mean, I had you, too much pride. I used to... There were some really lean periods when I was trying to be a writer. Yeah. And I, I would actually... I would throw parties at my apartment. This is my... So secret. people would So that people stuff? would... You know, people would you know, bring all the booze. Uh-huh. And then I would return the empty bottles to the grocery store to get the money and I would eat off the money. That is some lean. You are making me so sad. Like, oh, I can buy some bread. That's such a sad story. (laughs) Well, look at you now. But it worked. That's a Hollywood story. Was that like 20 years ago? I threw big parties. I had a lot of bottles. Was that like 20 years ago? Yeah. That is a lot of bottles because you, what, get five cents a bottle? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't my entire food budget, by the way. I mean, I, right. I was not that. <laughs> was the best. Yeah, but it's been it's been a roller coaster, obviously. Yeah. I mean, it's been, you know we've had up times, mm-hmm. down times, and and now it's um now it's now are the salad days. The salad days, yeah. I mean, you've got Christine just. I, I mean, it's it sounds so cliche, but you just have to keep at believe it. in what you do and keep at it and don't give up because too many people do give up along the way mm-hmm. you know and they get that's discouraged what I, that's what do. I always say it's just like yeah. just don't stop yeah just keep doing it yeah and you will fail a lot mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. you will get you know doors shut and you I mean it, it's I, I've been laid off more times than I can possibly count right, right. now and you just oh well okay well, pick yourself up yeah you, like just sitting around complaining about it or worrying about it doesn't get anywhere it just delays the inevitable yeah. Or d- delays the future, right? You're mm-hmm. just going to keep moving. Indeed. Well, listeners, thank you so much for um, joining us. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you, Steve. You're welcome. Oh, this is fun. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being on the pod. We had uh, such a great time. Check out his movies. Uh, Arctic is already out. Yeah. Uh, I think it's out in the fall. Just oh, it's out in the fall. And yeah, I think Arctic it's in the fall. It can, but it'll come yeah. out in theaters. So that'll be out Small Foots yeah. in September. Teen Spirit. Probably end of the year. Teen Spirit is is uh, Chazelle's new film. No, that's um, it's written and directed by Max Minghella, who's oh, Anthony, oh, Anthony nice. Minghella's son. That's no, I remember. And now. he's yes. an actor that you may know from uh, Handmaid's Tale. Yes, 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 yes. Shot in London last year. It stars Elle Fanning as a teenager. She's a Polish immigrant living on the Isle of Wight, and she wants to be a pop star. So she goes on. She enters a televised singing competition, and it's her mm, story. That fun, cool. yeah. fun. Um, well, we'll look out for that. Mm-hmm. And um, how how else do you promote your stuff? Yeah, your is there anything else you want to plug? I, or I do not actually. That? I'm really terrible with unpromoted. You know what I do? I, my self promotion entails occasionally posting stuff to Facebook, saying, "Hey, this comes out Friday." So that's about as... <laughs> you got people doing it for you. Yeah, you, you know. What? Is yours the sort of job where you have an agent? Or yeah, a yeah, you have an agent. You do have an agent. Yeah, they're great. And okay. They, yeah. The agent is an old friend of mine and you know uh it's they're really supportive and nice right perfect and and you're obviously generating a lot of your own opportunities now. yeah i mean things you know it's you build relationships and sometimes you don't hear from anybody for 10 years and they come out of the woodwork and yeah, yeah. definitely all right perfect thank you so much 
Thank you, guys. Yeah, and uh, listeners, if you obviously enjoyed this, you know, please tell your friends, share, subscribe, follow, like, like, all of that (laughs) stuff. Heart us. Um, Yeah, thanks so much. Bye. 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 Thanks.